Hello to all of you, unstoppable, undeniable, unshakable, unmovable humans, and welcome to another episode of the Self Love Effect podcast, where we strive to be our most authentic, unapologetic selves, embracing our real so that we inspire those around us to do the same, creating an everlasting domino effect. I'm your host, Desiree Toppings, and if this podcast has helped you, is helping you, supporting you, serving you in any way, it would mean the world to me if you share the show and if you head on over and left a review. I want to hear from you. Give us your feedback. What did you take away from the show? What do you plan to implement in your life? You know, what things do you wish that we hit on more on the show? We want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. What you have to say is important to me because the show only exists because of you. So with that being said, it would mean the world if you left a review, if you hit that like button, shared with family and friends, tagging us on social media at the underscore self-love effect. And this is how we will continue to grow organically through the algorithm and change many more lives. So I thank you guys. I thank you guys for tuning in weekly. I am so grateful for you on this grateful Thursday, thankful Thursday. And it is teaching Thursday. So we do have a special guest on the show. As the new schedule changes, Monday motivation, Tuesday, we have real people, real stories. Wednesday, we have uncensored. That is when you guys will send your questions and I will answer them. So please do not hesitate to send your questions to Desiree at selfloveeffect.com or you can find me on any of my social media outlets at the underscore selfloveeffect or on our Facebook community, which the link can be found in the description below. With that being said, before we get started, reminding you that we do have a free Facebook group community to all of you listeners. And if you know someone that needs the extra support, accountability, encouragement, please send the link their way. The community is for everyone. It is your community. And I cannot tell you enough how the self-love effect community has improved my life, has changed my life. Each individual in there is constantly uplifting each other, sharing their strengths, sharing their weaknesses, you know, sharing insights into their life that may help another person. They are transparent and, you know, they showcase the true power of empowerment and encouragement and how when we come together, we not only make each other better, but we make the world a better place. And so I thank you again for being part of the community. If you are not, it is free and I hope to see you there. And if you ever need the extra support or accountability or encouragement, um, you know, don't hesitate to send me a message. I'm always just a message away. I am here to help you. I want to help you. Let me root for you along the way. Now, for today's episode, we have Dr. Whitney Florin, who was my surgeon for the surgery that I underwent on April 6th. And we are going, we came together as surgeon and patient to speak about post-operative depression. Now, I want you guys to understand before we get started on the recording that post-operative depression is a common side effect of surgery. And it doesn't just affect patients who have had cosmetic surgery. 
People who have had surgeries for their health, such as removing their appendix or heart surgery, often experience strong emotional reactions. And I don't know about you, but I had no idea. Hence why I was so confused during the recovery process of what was going on. And often it's caused by a combination of a feeling of loss, experiencing the physical pain of recovery, increased dependency on others as you heal, and worry about how the surgery will affect your life moving forward. You know, post-operative depression for patients who have had cosmetic surgery also share similar qualities to postpartum depression. With both experience, patients expect that they will feel happy and they don't understand why they don't. And just to run through some common feelings, I want you guys to just be very well informed as we begin to talk about post-operative depression between patient and surgeon. But some common feelings may include feeling of regret or second-guessing the decision to having the procedure, irritability and heightened sensitivity, anxiety over what you'll look like once all the swelling has resolved and you heal completely, anxiety over what normal recovery experiences are and when you need to call your doctor, difficulty sleeping, often associated with discomfort from recovery, missing your daily routines such as working out or sexual activity as you heal. And I also wanted to just take a moment to cover how one can reduce the risk of post-operative depression uh, if you're considering plastic surgery. And the ways you can reduce or minimize your risk of post-operative depression could be that one, understanding that what you will look like after the surgery, directly after and in the immediate recovery time following the procedure how long it will take to achieve your final results because it is different for everyone, what your recovery process and timeline will be, again, because it is different for every single patient, how your final results will change your overall shape or look, understanding your motivations for undergoing cosmetic surgery, understanding whether your expectations are reasonable, and preparing as much in advance for your recovery such as cooking, freezing meals, having childcare arranged, and having ways to fill your time. Something that I extremely recommend is reading personal development books, really making sure that you're engaging the mind in a way that you can cultivate gratitude, you can cultivate appreciation for yourself and where you're at in your personal journey and your journey of healing. Now, reminding you guys too that it's, not just physically, it is emotionally. And this is why it's important to understand that what's going to help you is having a positive and healthy mindset, you know, have a supportive group of trusted people to help you people that are going to lift you up root for you along the way, you know, nourishing your body with healthy foods and plenty of water, let yourself rest and recover, follow the plan. And everyone's body is different. But don't try to do too much too soon. You know, don't exhaust yourself. Allow your body to recover and making sure that you're communicating as always with your surgeon with any concerns or worries. But if you are contemplating surgery, if you've already had surgery, I just want to make sure that we are taking the time to cover a topic that most of us myself included, have never even heard of before, or that is not shared enough within the surgeon and patient world, because patients too have to take responsibility on this front. We constantly share the highlights, 
And that is my mission to be transparent, to show every step of the way. And that is something what resonated with me the most with Dr. Florin is that he, like myself, we're very much like-minded individuals and we know the power of self-love and self-acceptance. And at the end of the day, how your mindset is really going to set the tone for pre-surgery, recovery, and after once healed. So listen, I hope that this episode brings you insight and understanding. And we do cover a wide range of topics and ones that I truly believe could potentially help you, especially if you are contemplating. Now, I just want to remind you before we get started that whatever you do in this life, do it for yourself. You do it for you. Happiness cannot be found through others. Happiness and appreciation for yourself cannot be found through cosmetic surgery. And what I mean by this is that it is your responsibility to love yourself. Surgery is not the cure or the fix. Okay? It could very much help in a way to restore lost confidence. But do the hard work first. Cultivate that gratitude within for your own well-being, for your own life, for who you are. Loving yourself, appreciating yourself throughout your journey forever and always. So now let's get started on today's podcast episode. All right, you guys, I am super excited and honestly super privileged to have the honor to have Dr. Whitney Florin here with me today on the Self Love Effect podcast. She was my surgeon um, this past April, April 6th. I did have surgery for those of you that are, uh, you know, listeners of the podcast. And I underwent, which would be considered a mommy makeover, right? Um, but for diastasis recta repair, and I also had a breast augmentation. But before we get started on the podcast, I do want to introduce her because she is absolutely, a she's phenomenal. Um, and, you know, there's not enough words to express how grateful I am and how grateful I am that she was a surgeon behind it all because of her, you know, I believe that this entire journey in this chapter of my life was much easier in regards to acceptance and being okay with evolution and something, you know, evolution, we're very much intimidated of at times, or we think we have to stay the same, but in reality, we don't. And sometimes people come into our lives to let us know that, Hey, listen, you've done everything you've could up to this point. It's okay to let go of the reins and, you know, let's hand it over to someone else in a sense. And so with me today, I have Dr. Whitney Florin. She's a Maximo surgeon and diplomat of the American Board of Cosmetic Surgery and the American Board of Facial Cosmetic Surgery. And her practice is dedicated to cosmetic surgery and non-surgical aesthetic procedures. So she very much is centered around mommy makeovers and breast and body cosmetic surgery. So I am so 
excited. And it's just such a privilege to sit down and talk to you today. And we are going to discuss um, post-operative depression. That's really going to be the center of today's podcast episode. And, you know, we'll break it down into two episodes, but this one, you know, I think it's important as surgeon and as a patient for you guys to really hear the sides too of recovery, uh, not just really centering around just the results. And I think this is such a beautiful testimony to what an incredible doctor you are that you um, not only are trying to showcase the highlights and the highs, but it's important to understand that there is going to be lows and that's absolutely okay. And it comes with acceptance and again, evolution. So welcome to the self-love effect podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It is a joy and pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. So tell us, I know you've been in practice for seven years, so let's get to know you a little bit better just so like they know exactly what you do and you know how you got started. And then we'll kind of dip our toes into um, talking about post-operative depression and kind of having the point of view of patient, but also surgeon. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I grew up in Orange County. I did most of my um, schooling and training on the East Coast. So I went to college um, at Duke in North Carolina and then did medical school, dental school and residency in New York. Um, so I lived there for 10 years. It was a really awesome experience. Um, I trained initially in maxillofacial surgery, which is a lot of reconstruction of the face and the neck. Um, really awesome experience there. And I was very interested in the cosmetic aspects of it and really gravitated toward that. Um, then I learned about the option of a cosmetic surgery fellowship, which is a one-year training program where you're basically in private practice with a really established experienced surgeon. Um, so I trained in Rancho Cucamonga with an awesome surgeon, Dr. Hayavi. And so basically I was just with him for a year, seeing all the consultations in the surgery with him, seeing all the post-ops with him. So really different than like our hospital-based training, where sometimes you get a little sneak peek at the patient, like you're in part of their surgery and you never see them again, or you're doing some of their post-ops, but you never saw their surgery or you never know where they started. So it was really nice continuity of care. Um, and that was where I learned about like private practice management. Um, I worked there for another three years in his practice in Rancho Cucamonga. And then I moved to Newport Beach and um, started with a practice down here. So I've been here going on three years. Um, like you said, my practice is really exclusively cosmetic surgery and elective aesthetic procedures um, and mostly mommy makeovers. And, you know, my patients don't need to be moms. Some of them are just patients that have lost a lot of weight. And the things that they're bothered by are really similar to what moms are bothered by, you know, loose skin to their breasts, loose skin to their abdomen, stretch marks, diastasis or stretched muscle. Um, and then some of my patients are just, you know, young girls in their 20s wanting breast implants, um, you know, young women um, wanting breast reductions and women wanting explants or implant removal. So, so wide range, but really focused on breast and body. Yeah. And, you know, it's incredible, like the way you, and I'm still such an awe because I remember, you know, walking in and the day of surgery and you're just so, I felt so cool, calm and collective. And I oh, told you that, like, I felt just so relaxed, like you have this presence to you. Um, but I was just so taken aback the way that you just see the body, like 
it's art. And when you were like drawing, you know, making the lines and making all everything you needed for surgery. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible to witness, like being on the other side of that. And like, you love what you do and you very much the calmness you have. It also made thing this entire process for me so much more relieving. Like I, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going into surgery. What if I don't come out? What if, what if something goes wrong? And I know lots of times like for moms or just for human beings, like that may be something that, you know, we may worst case scenario. And it was like, no, I'm going into surgery. Like, this is awesome. Like, this is it. Like, I'm going to say goodbye to who, you know, I once was, because in a sense I'm saying goodbye. I'm not going to come out on the other side with the loose skin. Um, very much. I still have the stretch marks and it's a beautiful testimony to the story. Um, but again, like, okay, my abdominals are going to be repaired. Like how beautiful is this? And then, you know, you guys taking the time to record, um, and just, you know, giving me that opportunity to see like, man, how incredible the body truly is and the way, like you just broke it down and just so informative. And that was so big for me. Um, and where I'm trying to direct this is that you have such a way of, informing the patient. And I remember you telling me, you know, and going through uh, it all during the consultation, like, okay, well, you know, the hardest part for you was going to be the lack of mobility, the lack, the lack of movement, because um, mm-hmm. you're not going to have those endorphins and you're not going to have that dopamine dump. And I remember just sitting there and being, I'll be fine. Like, you know, the positive side of me was like, I'll be fine. Like I could do this. Like I'm a mindset coach. Like you know, I'll be rocking and rolling. And that wasn't so much the case. And, you know, I really thank you just for being there and supportive and always being just a phone call or a text message away. Because I remember that sudden shift in my mind where I was like, something is wrong. Like I'm not okay. Um, and I think it was like our the second time I saw you and we talked like for an hour, it was more talking than it was. You had already looked all you know, you kind of looked at all the incisions and then I just sat there and I was like, yeah, I'm not okay. Like something is like wrong. I'm not operating, uh, internally. Like I once was, um, you know, and that's when you really broke it down for me and like really understanding that, you know, it's a big change. And I don't think many of us, maybe it's the lack of information that's out there, but I definitely myself was not aware of whether, you know, with the hormone imbalances and everything in between, but really just the change in acceptance, like it's a new body. It doesn't look the same, like, okay. And and you're so eager for it to go back. Like, but you know, it's a little bit, there's a lot, not a little bit, but there's a lot of fluid retention. Um, yeah, I never have, you know, for me personally, it was like, I never had breast before ever. I was always an A or was flat chested my whole entire life besides the two months, the first two months of breastfeeding my kids when they were born. Uh, and even after when I was still breastfeeding after the age of two, like they were flat as, as heck, I don't even know how there was even milk in there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But you very much just were so informative. And, and, and that was something that I reached out to you about, you know, if we could talk about it, because I, myself didn't find any information until I heard it from you. And then I decided to do like a deeper dive 
And then I was like, oh, this is actually a real thing. Like post-operative depression is real uh, after cosmetic surgery. And it's very much linked to the same side effects. You know, a woman would go through a uh, postpartum depression. And so, you know, I, I thank you for guiding me through that because, you know, I had no idea whatsoever that, you know, that this was, you know, potentially a side effect of recovery. Mm-hmm. Oh, my pleasure. There's like so much to get into on this topic. Um, you know, I agree. There's not a lot of awareness about this topic. And as surgeons, we don't talk about it a lot. And I think from the patient point of view, you know, I don't see a lot of patients talking about it either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all tend to focus on the positives in life, right? And our social media presence is usually each person focusing on the best part of their day, the best part of their life, the version of themselves that they want to be or that they want people to see them as, right? And most people don't talk about like the crappy part of their day or, you know, hard marital issues, hard family things, behavioral problems with kids, you know, we don't, most of us don't really share these kinds of things and we don't really want to. And, um, you know, as surgeons, we also like, we, we share our best work, you know, we post our best befores and afters. Every surgeon has had complications. Every surgeon has patients that don't scar well. Every surgeon has patients they have to do revisions on. Uh, We don't really post about it, right? Because we don't want anyone to know these negative things. We don't want to deter people from choosing to do surgery because everyone comes in with a lot of doubts and worries already, right? So I think it's very easy for a surgeon to try to just be like, okay, you want to do this surgery? Yay, let's do it. It's going to be so great for you. You're going to be really happy. It's going to be really a positive change for you. And the truth is like, all those things are true. And for most people, surgery is very positive, but you know, it might be at three months. It might be at six months, you know, and it's really not immediate. And I think what a lot of patients think is like, oh, I'm going to look awesome. You know, like, oh, going to be bruising and swelling. You know, everybody knows that, but they don't see it because we don't post it. Um, You know, and if you've not had a friend or a family member that's gone through it, that you've seen it firsthand, you may be able to not imagine like, well, what does that really mean? What is that going to feel like on my body bruising and swelling? What am I going to feel like when I look in the mirror and I see all these incisions and all these, you know, bandages and tapes and drains and tubes coming out of me? Um, You know, and even like, even though I do try to talk about it and make patients go into surgery thinking that these things may happen, it still can be hard um, to really know like what you are going to see and what you are going to feel post-operatively. You know, so there's, there's just like, there's so much to talk about. And um, I do think that for patients of mine that are um, very fit that prioritize their health, that are used to working out almost every day. You know, I really try to to focus on that in the consultation. Like, this is going to be hard for you. Um, And even though you can get up and move your body and you can go on walks and you can do light weights and, you know, you are awesome at integrating whatever it is you were able to integrate, you know, some patients kind of do nothing until I clear them at six weeks. Um, But for the patients that like rely on, on exercise and fitness as a part of your life, 
um, that contributes a lot, I think, to post-operative depression. Yeah. And honestly, firsthand, absolutely. Um, and, you know, during the surgery and coming out, I was so happy and I still am. I, I, I love it. I am thriving, truly am. And I'm going to get into the extent of that in just a second. But, you know, some common feelings that I wasn't expecting at one point was just, you know, obviously the feeling of regret, you know, second guessing the decision, even though I knew it was set in stone. I mean, I messaged you back in 2020 and we've been having messages go back and forth and I just wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. And I remember finally just saying, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in for a consultation. There's no looking back. I'm just going to close my eyes and we're going to go there. And I remember getting there and I'm like, okay, I, actually, you know what, let's do this. Uh, and we kind of fast tracked the whole thing. Right. Um, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad everything happened the way it was supposed to in the end. Um, but you, you know, some, some other feelings was like irritability where I was like t telling you, uh, just so anxious all the time. Like I, I didn't know what this was. I didn't know how to control it. Um, so yeah, it crossed over into either not eating enough or overeating on the foods that I knew were bad for me. And just, you know, to intersect on this for just a second, I love the fact that in, in the packet, Dr. Florence specifically says to follow a diet high in protein, high in fiber, low sodium, and lots of water to keep, you know, your hydration up. Um, and that to me was like, okay, I could do this. Right. But I didn't realize how effective it was until I became my own guinea pig. And this is what I was telling you is that, you know, I went, was going down this course because I did it. I felt so anxious. I started to feel so depressed. Um, and I had difficulty sleeping. I you know, was just uncomfortable and that's obviously the body's changing and adapting. Uh, but still I wasn't helping myself in any way with the inconsistency in my nutrition. Um, and yes, I was missing my daily routine. I was missing my workouts. Um, and it just, it, it became really, really difficult for me personally. Um, but also I wasn't helping the depression with the low protein, low fiber, high sodium and lack of water. And like I was telling you, like we talk about food as information all the time. And I talk about this with my clients, you know, every single day that the way, you know, nutrients that we give the body is going to very much one help the body function properly, but also heal the minute. And it's been a week and a half. Now I got back on track with high protein, high fiber, low sodium, and a hundred, a gallon of water a day. Fluid retention is so much better. I feel so much better. Energy is high. And it's, we, even though I lost sight for a second, it's just all part of this journey. And it's awesome to be like I said, the witnesser, being able to look from the outside and say, okay, like this is how I was feeling, but I do have control and controlling the controllables like the nutrition part of it. And here we go coming out of this post-operative depression, feeling so much better uh, and not entangled in this web of negativity where 
I'm not second guessing the surgery or I don't feel irritable or I'm not so triggered by other people's responses because they didn't want me to change Mm -hmm. Um, and being accepting of my own opinions of myself and like knowing that what I did for me was for me and nobody else. Um, you know, and I'm happy with the decision I made and being okay with evolving. Um, but it very much is like, um, you know, as a patient following the recommended guidelines that your surgeon gives you. And, and for me personally, I, I know clients I work with, I know family, I know friends that they go into the surgery for a quick fix, Right. And, and we're all looking for that because like you said, we tend to, you know, center our lives, especially on social media with the highlight reels, highlight reels, highlight reels. Um, but something like this type of surgery, like you're going through all of this change, all of this recovery, that's very difficult on the body in the first place. And the body's resilient, they, it adapts. But, you know, if you're gonna go through all of this, why go back to old habits? You know, why go back to regaining the weight or, you know, feeling unhappy when realistically the surgery, like you said, is supposed to be a good thing and it is a good thing, but it's not going to be a good thing. If you decide to keep your finger on the trigger and keep feeding it into the depression uh, at the end of the day. So. Yeah, you need to be ready for the surgery or as ready as you can be. And, you know, I see patients, I see a lot of patients that are overweight. Um, You know, so much of our country is overweight, right? And so I see a lot of patients that um, have tried things and felt like they've put a lot of effort into, you know, a variety of diets or personal trainers or what have you and feel frustrated and feel like, you know, um, I'm overweight and I've tried all these things. I'm overweight. And, you know, I want to do this surgery because I want to kickstart things and I want to feel motivated to do more and work harder. So I just want to get the tummy tuck because no matter what I do, I always have this loose skin here. I always have this pudge. So let me just take care of that. And then I'm going to be able to work out more. And, you know, I, I understand the mentality to want to do that, but, um, But, you know, what I really tell people is like, you need to be as healthy as you can be going into your surgery. And even though you're always going to have loose abdominal skin, you know, you want to be at a normal body weight or very close to a normal body weight before you do your surgery, because you're going to be healthier and stronger and you're going to recover better. And then, and you've established the healthy eating habits, the healthy lifestyle, the discipline before your surgery, because how are you going to establish all this stuff after your surgery when you're, you know, when your body is healing and you're going through an emotional and stressful time. Um, So a lot of people get kind of like frustrated by their abdomen and feel like even when they lose weight, their abdomen never looks better, especially for patients that really have a ton of loose hanging skin. And I, I think they don't understand that losing weight, while it's not making their tummy look any better is getting them to like a healthy weight so that they're not going to have complications after surgery or less chance of complications. And they're setting themselves up to continue, you know, a healthy lifestyle after surgery. Yeah. The discipline, you know, it's, it's a, it's a skill and it's not something that you just acquire or you could go buy. Like it's very much earned, but it is perishable at any given moment. If you don't consistently work at it, 
it doesn't work. It goes away. It fades away. Um, and I think that was such a key moment for me in realizing that everything I worked up to made this process in a sense, I could say easier. I mean, because I don't know where I would currently be if it came, you know, when it came to mobility, when it came to workouts, like the muscle memory and like the legs, it was like, Oh my goodness. Like, this is incredible. Um, and yes, obviously no chest and back right now, you know, not engaging the pec muscles. Um, but even then watching them dominoes, the way they're healed, the way they engage now, the way they just activate on their own. Um, but very much it goes back to, okay, well, if you are going to, you know, provide your body with what it needs and not what you want, well, then listen, you're putting your, you're setting yourself up for long-term success because you're not just going to heal quicker. You're going to be a lot happier when you do heal. And it's going to be that much easier because again, feeding that emotional state, that emotional negative state. And I really say negative because there's a lot of low days. Like the minute, I mean, for me, <laughs> I, I told Dr. Florin, I don't need any more narco because I was so angry. I was like, my mind was battling against the narco. I'm like, I don't like this stuff. It makes me cloudy. I don't want cloudy. I want to see, you know, I want to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but even the muscle relaxers, you know, thank goodness for science because those were God sent. Um, but even then when those faded, it was like, okay, like, what is my body going to do now? Like, how am I going to feel? And then it was like, oh, this isn't like so bad. Like I actually feel so much better. And my mom was the first one to tell me that she's like, listen, I went into surgery myself. And she's like, ask Dr. Florin, um, you know, and I didn't really have to use any of, you know, the prescribed medication. She's like, not that you shouldn't, because it really depends on you and your tolerance and how your body feels. But I will say that because I went in healthy, it was much easier for me during the recovery process. Um, and looking to someone like her, I'm like, you know, she's absolutely right too, because here she is so much older than I am. And yet she can is a testament too to how well, you know, her body recovered, even at, you know, the, in her fifties, her body still healed, you know, to the best of its ability and was very resilient and like, Hey, after six weeks after that three month mark, and she's crushing it all over again. And it was like, you see, we don't give the body enough credit for what it can do when we do treat it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's so important that that setup before, and then being able to maintain it and not expecting yourself to create new habits after surgery, because, you know, like discipline and a routine, it's kind of like habits and you, it, it just has to be integrated into your life. And it's not really realistic to be doing that after surgery. Um, something you brought up, which I think is, is, good to talk about is um, kind of like other people's point of view or negative opinions about you wanting to do surgery and, um, you know, realizing that you're doing it for you and you alone. Um, and, you know, like what I hear from a lot of patients is, um, and I know this wasn't the case for you, but, you know, a lot of patients, their partner 
um, you know, or their husband or their boyfriend is not very supportive about them wanting to do surgery. And, you know, some patients have been married for quite, some of my patients have been, you know, in a marriage for quite some time. And I think the spouse's point of view is kind of like, you know, well, I love you the way you look. And, you know, what are you, what are you doing this surgery for? Like, who do you need to look better for? You know, who cares? I, I love your breasts. Like, I love your tummy how it is. And I think that can be hard for some patients where it's like, you know, Yes, it's important how your partner feels about you and how you feel together. But the most important thing is how you feel about yourself for yourself, you know, and when you feel positive and you feel confident about yourself, that manifests in positive ways with all of your relationships, not just, you know, your romantic relationship, but in in your professional life with your children, with your friends, with whoever, you know, when we feel good, like we are, we are happier and we interact with people better. Um, so like maybe you want to talk a little bit about any um like any roadblocks you felt from people in your life or advice to patients who are maybe getting some negative uh, opinions preoperatively or postoperatively. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to understand that the true meaning of self-love, and I can't express this enough. And I, and I try to say it time and time again, and I, and I, and I sound very repetitive, um, but it's really just getting the point across that Self-love is doing what's best for you, regardless of what other people think or say, or what's going on in the world around you. It's what's going to make you happy because your happiness and your, or unhappiness is dependent on your actions alone, your actions, not anyone else, but your own. And it's, a, you know, personally, it was not supportive at first uh, for me. And because again, it's like, well, I accept you how you are. I, I love your loose skin. I, you know, who cares about your boobs? Stop, stop. But it was like, okay, first of all, I have to look at my own reflection. You're not the person looking at yourself in the mirror every single day on this self-love journey, self-acceptance journey. And, you know, still at times, multiple times breaking down breaking down because, you know, and I'll have you explain too, because my breast both had a, you know, I, what I try to explain to people is like, they had a dip. It looked like there was a U, like, I don't know how else to tell you guys, but I couldn't even fill out a bra, let alone a regular sports bra. You could start to see because my pectoral muscles are so defined, it started to become an issue. And it was like, this is uncomfortable. Like I would want to just like cross my hands all the time over my chest or put a pillow in front it was not even the loose skin anymore. That was really, you know, lacking, you know, taken away from my confidence that I accepted that I learned to, okay, embrace with high-waisted shorts. And I had a six pack I, I was golden there, but it was like, okay, well I can't put on a dress. I can't wear different t-shirts uh, or shirts because I don't feel feminine anymore. I feel muscular and yeah, I feel like a badass most days, but when it really comes down to it, I want to be able to put on the red silky dress. I want to be able to put on the heels and I want to be able to go braless for the first time in my life and feel confident. And I, you know, and even after the surgery receiving, you know, for every negative comment I received, I received 10 positive ones. And so I, I, I love and adore every single person that, you know, took time out of their day to share with me their own experience and that positivity, but it was the negative ones that again, I 
looked back on and I said, man, it really hurts when other people can't just be happy when you are in the best state and you're going to have people regardless tell you what they want from you. And it's because they've, they've seen you a certain way or like I, you know, in the, in, in growth, we see it as, okay, people want you not to change because then they have to change themselves. And it's because they've, they've learned to accept you as you are. So it's their, their, their fear is that you're going to outgrow them. And that was a big one for me going to the surgery. Like, okay, well, if I outgrow, I've already outgrown other people in my life, like, and it's okay to outgrow more if they're not going to be accepting of the change that I am now willing to take for me. Because at the end, again, it's me that has to stare at me naked in front of the mirror. It's me that has to look down and see this deflated, they're, I don't, they're prunes, not even bananas. Like all women say bananas. I'm like, I wasn't even a banana. I've never been a banana. Like it was worse than that. I'm sorry. Like, you know, and that was for me, my whole entire life. It was my biggest insecurity. I mean, I could tell you right now in college, I got bullied for it all the time from baseball players, from just random guys, uh, itty bitty. I mean, she's flatter than a washboard. I mean, I could sit here and name them all and it's like, okay, how much more do I have to take and how much more do I have to go about staying as other people want me to be until I say this is enough and this is what I want for myself. And so, you know, I think that's a large part of it all. And I've had, you know, I think it's important to have support because you're going to have an emotional change internally, that acceptance of yourself, like, oh my gosh, I have boobs for the first time, or, you know, my loose skin's gone. Uh, Cause you know, there's always going to be, again, people that are going to criticize you because, you know, and that's a them problem. They're not happy with themselves. It has nothing to do with you. They have insecurities. They have voids within themselves that they're choosing not to work on, but that's okay. That's for them to figure out as long as you, again, are doing it for you, then there's nothing for you to worry about. Don't do it for your spouse. Don't do it for your boyfriend. Don't do it for your girlfriend. Don't do it. Don't do it for your, don't do it for anybody. You have to be able to look in that mirror because once that changes and you're unhappy still, then you didn't really do it for you in the first place. So what your husband wants you with bigger boobs, but you don't want bigger boobs. Like, Hey, listen, get the boob size that you want. Get, if you don't want, you don't want, you don't want the loose skin anymore. Remove the loose skin. You know, I've always been very pro like cosmetic surgery since the beginning of the podcast as long, but it always was centered around as long as you are happy because self-love again is doing what's right for you, regardless of what anyone else thinks or says or what's going on in the world around you. And I think that's the, that's something super important for you guys to truly understand that if you're contemplating right now, surgery, I think the best thing you could do for yourself is go get the consultation because you don't have to commit to anything. Right. And that was something Dr. Florin told me time and time again, you don't have to commit to anything, but when you're ready, when you are ready, you come in and we'll talk. And it was just that like, okay, I walked in, I was confident. I was there and I walked in and immediately going into the room. Um, you know, and, and, and every time I talk about this part, it makes me super emotional. Even talking about on the podcast, when I spoke about, you know, the, the surgery and the change, it was like, I didn't give myself enough credit in my own personal journey. I thought that there was more I could do. I thought there was something that I was lacking, you know, and, and 
it was like, even after the surgery, I had people say, well, did you could have tried this. You could have tried that. Listen, I have tried every program, every breathing treatment you want to throw at me. I've tried every, uh, floor exercise you want to throw at me. I have tried everything. I've tried the bracing. I tried to slow it down. I've, I've done it all. Nothing worked. I've done the nutrition aspect piece of it. I got my body to as lean as form. I couldn't possibly do anything else. And I remember you telling me, and I said this in the very beginning of this recording, but truly, if you, your words resonated with me that day, and I would have never signed my name on the dotted line. Honestly, if you wouldn't have told me that you did everything possible up to this point, like there is nothing else you could do, nothing else. And it was like, at that point, it was like just a sigh of relief and saying, okay, that is all I needed to hear to know that I had not only done everything everything possible, but that I was doing it for me 110%. No regrets. I'm going through with this. And it was the best decision I've made for myself. Oh, you gave me the chills. Um, I'm so happy for you. And, um, you know, I know when we started talking a few years ago, you know, it, it took you a little time to get to the point of acceptance of, you know, accepting doing a surgery, feeling okay with doing a surgery and accepting that this was not like a cop out for something that you just needed to work harder on to do it yourself. Um, and you know, you were an extreme example because you were so lean, you know, I didn't need to do any liposuction. There was no fat that needed to be removed. You literally had a six pack. And yet, despite all that, you had diastasis rectus, you know, you had stretched abdominal muscles, despite everything you were doing to strengthen your abdominal muscles, which you clearly were because you, you built up the bulk and definition of them and you looked amazing. But at the end of the day, you still had stretched uh, muscles. And, you know, when I see patients for consultations for tummy tucks, you know, nothing that I'm doing is something that a woman can do for herself, right? You know, we really cannot repair stretched muscle very much. We can repair small diastasis a little bit. We can improve it a little bit with core work, but we really can't repair large stretched muscle. Loose skin, women cannot improve on their own. Once your skin has been stretched with either you know weight gain or pregnancies and it's loose, there's nothing you can do to tighten it back up. You know, the only thing that women can work on, uh, aside from strengthening their abdominal muscles, which is wonderful, is, you know, working on losing weight. So, you know, if you're overweight and you lose weight, you know, great, you're getting that fat down, you're going to have a safer outcome. Um, But, you know, even losing weight, we cannot change our shape. And I think it is so common for the public to look at posts that I put up, that other surgeons put up, you know, I see some posts of liposuction and all these people writing, like, why doesn't she just go to the gym? And it's like, you Mm -hmm. know, this person, so many of these examples, these people are in excellent shape. They do go to the gym. They do work out their normal body weight, but we cannot remove fat where we want to remove fat and put it where we want to put it. We can't change, you know, our underlying anatomy and our shape. And that's where surgery comes in. 
And, you know, same thing with breasts, like whether you want larger breasts or smaller breasts or lifted breasts or anything like whatever you want to do, you, you should do because none of these things are things that you can improve on your own with, with dieting or exercise. So I think it is a relief to a lot of patients who come in and they're like, you know, I don't know, maybe like, I just need to lose weight. And, you know, I'll tell them like, well, it would be great if you lost 10 pounds for some patients, but it doesn't, it's not going to change the fact that you need a tummy tuck. That's the only thing that is going to be comprehensive, remove loose skin, repair your muscle and contour your waistline. And sometimes, you know, husbands, spouses, partners are not supportive of surgery because perhaps the patient is a bit overweight. And in their mind, you know, their partner is not disciplined. Their partner is not eating well. And, you know, if only she would work out and lose weight, she's not going to need to spend all this money and do this surgery. And it's really not true because pretty much everything we do is not anything a person can do on their own. Um, But but the maybe the closer you get to that and the more you feel like, well, I did everything I could do, that helps some people to get it to go into their surgery. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> I envision it now that I'm in it. It's a two way street. Right. Because some are going for the quick fix but there is also a percentage of people that are going for it. So it helps boost that confidence that they need, that they lack so that they can create discipline and consistency in their life. It really ultimately comes down to the patient alone and everyone has is on a different journey. You have no idea what journey they're on. And yes, although we live in a society where instant gratification very much is something that we're consumed by, you know, I want it easy. Now I want the results now, Well, that's not the case for everyone. And I think it's very much easy for people to put their opinions on there, especially online. Anyone can be the big bad wolf behind the keyboard. I mean, I see it time and time again, but you know, when you're in the presence of somebody, it's like, you wouldn't say those things to a person in front of their face, would you? Um, And again, it's, it's very much, it's a two-way street. You don't, you really ultimately don't know, but I think there is a, I do truly believe that there's a large part of people and of individuals that do go through with surgery, even not at their best state, because they do need that extra nudge. And, you know, they only, they themselves know, and Hey, maybe they've been healthy before. Maybe they've been athletic before. Maybe they were in the best shape of their life and they know what that feels like. They know what that inner drive that tastes like. So the minute after surgery, they come out And they're fully committed after the three, six months of recovery. And you see them a year later and you're like, oh my gosh, you're in incredible shape. Like you really took this and you transformed your life. Like you, you knew exactly what you wanted and well, exactly what you needed. And it was like, you know, you you didn't need the fat loss pills or X, Y, and Z. You just needed that extra push that only a surgeon can give you um, or only surgery can do for you. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's not just the. Hey, listen, we're looking for that quick fix, but you know, for me very much, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, lie to anybody. I'm fully transparent, authentic, and unapologetic, but for the longest time, I thought that was the only, I thought that was the majority of people were just looking for the quick fix. And maybe it's because personally in my life, I've had a lot of, you know, people, whether they were related to me or not, that's what, how they spoke about it. And so it got, in my personal opinion, I created this negative bias towards it. And it was like, oh, people, they just do this for a quick fix because now they're reverting back to their old ways and they're 10 times worse 
they've not only regained the weight, but more since surgery. Like, so this is not a tool. This is not helping. This is not going to help with confidence. So why would I ever do something like that to myself? Why would I put myself under the knife only to come out worse? And it was like, well, listen, you know, you change your perspective on life. You change, you shift your mindset and like going into surgery, it was like and coming out on the other side. I mean, first thing I asked was if you guys took videos and photos, cause I was so excited under the anesthesia still. And so, yeah. you know, it's just like the excitement of change, the, of evolution and, and, you know, turning that page and rewrite, not rewriting, but writing a new chapter. Um, and, and, you know, anyone that's listening, like I said, I think the best thing you could do for yourself, if you're contemplating is really just making the consultation, it's not going to hurt you. It doesn't cost anything. And honestly, you may very much leave out of there with so much more confidence and knowing that what you're doing is right for you. Um, but you won't know until you actually do it. And that comes from somebody that was like prolonging it and kept pushing the pause button, kept pushing the pause button. I would schedule, I would <laughs> cancel, schedule, cancel, schedule, cancel until I was like, okay, there's no more canceling. We're, we're going to do this and we're going to, we're going to see how it goes. You know, it's funny because I have some people on Instagram. That's how a lot of patients contact me, you know, that's how we were talking. And though I look back at our thread, you know, and they reached out to me like years ago, how much is this? How much is that surgery? Or can I schedule a consultation a year later? How do I schedule a consultation a year later? Hey, I'm actually ready to schedule a consultation. And, you know, it's, it is a big decision and like, you have to, you have to feel ready. And even if there's unexpected parts of the recovery, because it's kind of like when you have a, a kid, when you have like your first baby uh, or any baby, mm -hmm. you may feel prepared. You may feel like you read a lot about it. You talk to your friends and you talk to your sisters about it and all of this. And it's like very hard to prepare yourself for what it actually feels like to now have this baby that you need to care for and, you know, your hormones going berserko. So, you know, surgery is kind of the same thing. It's like a big decision. It's hard to plan for, but you, you want to go into it as, as ready as you can be as healthy as you can be, you know, with your mind and your body, because if you're, you know, if you're not happy with yourself and you don't love yourself and you don't have love and support from those around you, you know, getting a surgery to physically look better will not make you happy. And every now and then I have a patient like that where, um, you know, they have a very hard recovery because ultimately they are not happy with themselves and they do not love themselves and changing their body is not going to make them love themselves. And if you love yourself, changing your body in whatever way you want to should be really positive, you know, and it's okay to want to make change, but, but you have to love who you are, you know, on the inside and you have to have people that love you on, on the inside, no matter what you look like on the outside. Yeah. It's accepting your current state, right? Knowing that, and you're not always going to, and, and this is like, we misunderstand. And again, that's this negative bias. We will take something so positive. And for some reason we live in a society where we're like, just shift it straight into negative, right? Just like, well, no, that's not how I always feel. Of course, you're not going to always wake up and love what you see. But the whole point of acceptance, the whole point of like, you love yourself is that, you know, that you've reached a point in your journey that listen, it's time for change and it's okay. 
uh, because you really have to understand your motivations for undergoing the cosmetic surgery for, you know, because again, when you come out the other side, your mindset internally doesn't change. Dr. Florin isn't operating on your mind. She's not giving you a new brain. She's not changing your mindset. She's not, you know, implanting self-awareness and mindfulness into you. Those are things that you yourself have to have and acquire, right? And something you work on every single day and something that I will tell you guys, like it is underrated. We don't give any enough credit, like being self-aware, being mindful, you know, loving yourself, you know, because when you do come out of the surgery, you're going to see that you loved yourself before, but you love yourself even more now. It's not that you didn't accept yourself then, it's that you've accepted the change and you're just going to love yourself and improve and be better and work at striving to be the best version of you every single day. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think it's the motivation, the, the motives and the motivation that goes behind, like, why are you really doing this surgery? Like, are you trying to fix your mindset? Because that's not going to fix it at all. It is not at all. It may for like a few days, but after you start to adapt and you start to see the change, like that high from the surgery is going to come down. And then you're going to look at yourself with the same eyes that you went into surgery and you're going to find disapproval. You're going to find yourself at the end of this dark tunnel, finding a way to escape. And you're not going to find it. You're not going to see the light because you already, you started in darkness, believing that you were going to somehow have this like, aha moment when in reality the aha moment comes from internal work every single day and I think like you know and I love that you hit on that because putting the two together I could tell you from my personal experience right now I am so happy (laughs) I yes I have to wear this beautiful sexy garment and you know these bras and at times like I have to you know tell doctor I swear I'm just took the, took the, you know, bra just for the photo. I swear I'm wearing a bra. I put it back on, Um, but if I'm following the procedure, um, but you, you see that it all comes together, like the before the after, and that is what creates the real result in the end, right? This, this craving for, um, you know, not in a sense love, but more love and admiration and acceptance for yourself and, you know, admiring yourself then admiring yourself now and knowing that, you know, the only way, the only way you're going to go is continue on this forward path. Um, and, and, you know, making the journey beautiful, but again, I, I don't think, um, going into it with internal issues of self-loathing and hate is the right way to go about it, especially coming out with the emotional recovery side, it's going to, it's going to bring a lot of struggle mentally and emotionally to you. And although nutrition is going to be key and it does help with your mindset, um, and clears that brain fog, it's not going to prepare you for, you know, that shock you might have of saying, Oh, I thought this was going to be the end all be all. And I was going to wake up and love myself. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's not gonna, that's not how it works at all. Right. Yeah. That, that totally comes from within, um, yeah, I, I love everything you said. Yeah. I wanted you just to hit on the surgery details because I did it myself on one of the podcasts, like a two second, um, 
like a two second explanation because I'm like, I'm not a surgeon. I have no idea. But when I do have her on the podcast, I'm going to have her explain it because I know until this day, I get people messaging me. I went to St. Louis uh, to Summer Smash to First Form HQ headquarters. And so many people came up to me, especially the the males. And, and they're like, I did not read the warning sign. I kept scrolling. <laughs> it was so graphic. And they're like, we know what you look in the in, how you look in the inside. And they're like, I cannot erase that image from my head. And I was like, but it's, we don't give the body enough credit. I'm sorry. We truly don't like the fact that I was cut open and my stomach was pulled back with the clam. And like, here I am, you know, eight weeks later going into week nine, like you guys, the body is resilient. Like it is, oh my gosh, it is. And I could see why as a surgeon, why it's so incredible to you. And like what it can truly do and what people are capable of. And we don't really give ourselves enough credit of what our, what our, how powerful we truly are. I think we limit ourselves and what our body can truly do. Um, But if you can elaborate, if you were willing just on the surgery and, you know, the details behind it, whatever you want to share. Yeah. On your, on your specific surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, no problem. Um, And I agree with you. I mean, the human body is amazing and it wants to heal. You know, it just wants to heal. And we can make these incisions and we can, you know, reconstruct and change the breast and we can remove a big part of skin and pull it back together. And I'm in, I, you know, I'm in awe as I do surgeries and as I see patients for follow-ups, looking at incisions and looking at scars and how they heal and just thinking like, gosh, how is it that we can do what we do to to people's bodies and they heal, you know, and they heal so beautifully usually. Um, so for you, you know, I did a combination of really common procedures that I do breast implants, silicone implants under the pectoralis muscle and a breast lift and a tummy tuck with muscle repair. Um, your breast surgery was complicated because you had breast asymmetry, which most women do. And you can have asymmetry of the breast tissue, like one breast bigger than the other, lower than the other, wider than the other. And you can have asymmetry of the chest wall or, you know, rib cage and or muscle. And so you kind of had everything. <laughs> so, it's, you know, like, um, chest wall, uh, asymmetry with one side of your chest projecting out much more than the other one side narrower compared to the other and your breast tissue a little different too. Um, but the beauty is, you know, implants come in different sizes, different profiles and dimensions, different projections. So usually we can get pretty good symmetry, even with all these asymmetries in the body, just with the implants and then breast lift is to to reposition and reshape the breast tissue. So that focuses on the asymmetries within the breast and the breast skin. Um, And then we did a tummy tuck with muscle repair. On almost every tummy tuck I do, I repair the muscle. You know, most women would benefit from it. It doesn't really change recovery too much. And then the liposuction, you know, most women I liposuction. And every now and then I get a patient that's as lean as you that truly does not need fat removed. And if we don't need to do liposuction, it's a better recovery, less pain, less swelling, less fluid. Um, You know, liposuction is invasive in a way. So if we don't need to do it, we don't do it. But most women, you don't need it, want it. And it helps create more of a waistline. It was just so interesting to me because we see our bodies and 
I remember, and I explained this to you too, because I knew that there was something wrong with the chest wall. I, not that there was something wrong, but that it was uneven. Um, mm-hmm. And I would see it all the time during chest day. And I'm like, man, the left side comes out so much more, but maybe it's my eyes. Maybe I'm deceiving myself. Maybe I'm picking myself apart too much. And then coming out of surgery, you were explaining it all and watching your stories that night, like, you know, all drugged up a little bit. Uh, I remember like, I was like, I was right. I wasn't crazy. It was very much projected all the time. I could see it. It was very highlighted. Like I obviously am in my body. I know my body pretty well. And so it was just um, awesome just to hear one, the way that you were able to work with it. Uh, But two, interesting to me how one side is so much bigger than the other, but they're both, they look even uh, the implant itself. And that was super interesting because it was like, I think this one's, three, 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 30, something like that. Something like that. I, I, I know I have, yeah. And like this one's four something and I have all like, I wrote the notes somewhere, but I was like, I was in awe. Cause I'm like, how is that even possible? How did they make that even work? Uh, but also the pec, the, the pectoral fibers, is that what they're called underneath where you, there was removal? What, what was it? underneath Wait, um, it, cut, it cut out ask me again oh the underneath the breast were the pec are they fibers the pec fibers yes that were that were removed right? well they're basically detached so you know pectoralis muscle attaches to the middle of our rib cage or the sternum and so those kind of lower and centered attachments are detached And that allows the implant to sit where we want it to sit and to have close cleavage. And if we didn't release or, you know, detach some of those fibers, implants would sit very out to the side because this would just be a really tight space under the pectoralis muscle. But it really doesn't, it doesn't affect, um, you know, the strength of the pectoralis muscle, um, you know, and I don't, once you get back to chest, you know, we'll see how it feels for you, but typically it doesn't affect the way people feel when they're using your chest, but you know, any patient that does work out a lot and is into fitness and is looking at implants, I tell them, you know, you don't want to do a ton of chest workouts going forward, truly for life. I don't want people to do any chest workout until three months. And then once you're at three months, then you can start to do some chest, shoulder and back, But I really advise people, you know, if you're going to work heavy on your chest, the action of the pec muscle is to push the implants out to the side over time. So, you know, that's something that sometimes people, you know, don't know. They weren't informed that. And um, so that's just kind of goes along with with when we put implants and under the muscle. Yeah, because I I also remember you saying, like, you may feel it, but it's like going to feel a little different. Like, I don't know, like I can't explain, like in my mind, it's like phantom, like it's there, but it's not there. And like, it just, it's funny to me because that sometimes it'll twitch and I'm like, it feels so funny because now I like, I shove my finger in there. I'm like, oh, like I've never had this feeling before. <laughs> or like, yeah. even like the cleavage that I feel, I'm like, oh, this is, this is different. Um, just exploring the body and like getting to know, like, you know, obviously the new changes and uh, being intrigued by it all. For, and we should be because obviously it's your body and it's undergoing some changes that you've never experienced before. So um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, um. I'm just so fascinated um, 
buy it all. And it's, it's awesome Mm -hmm. to, you know, I highly recommend everybody that's, you know, undergoing changes, like, you know, get to know your new self uh, and explore and ask questions. And that was the biggest thing for me is you're so informative, like whether you want to hear it or not, you're going to inform the patient. Uh, You don't, you don't leave anything out, no details. I remember sitting there at the consultation. I'm like, I have no idea what these words mean. I, I understand pictorial, uh, but some of the things you were saying, I was like, oh, this is very interesting. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) It's a good thing because like, you know, we don't really know the anatomy in, in regards to like, you know, we know, like if you tell someone like abs, they know what abs are. Um, but it's just interesting to me, like not interesting. It was very, very, uh, well, what's the word I want to use? It was very informative Mm -hmm. and, um, appreciative on my end because it was like, you were giving me all this information and I was taking all the tools and resources that I needed. And even with the packet, you provided the packets, I should say. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was all there for me to really understand. And even, you know, what to do pre-surgery and what to do after. And like the after packet's a little thicker because it's really understanding that, Hey, listen, things aren't the same anymore. And you're going to have to take time to recover. And this is what you need to do. And it was not just like, okay. Um, it was not just the eating or, or the vitamins. It was like, okay, what to do in between how to care for your body, what changes you may feel. And it was just like all of that combined together, I think, you know, was, is, not was is an important part of the process and you know of knowing um and being informed and actually reading through it you guys please read through it <laughs> over and over again i remember i was told that before leaving the office and i was like okay i'm going to read through this and then i was like oh this is why uh, because it's a lot it's a lot of information and like it's a big change right um but i could tell you this i as and it's not just that you're a woman And maybe I resonated with you a little bit more because of that. Um, But I will say that, again, there's people that love their job and there's people that just do it because they're good at it. You're both. You're good at what you do. You very much have a, you're, you have a gift, but you do it with purpose and, and there's intent behind it. And I think um, in my personal opinion, that this is what makes you great. This is what makes you stand out. This is what makes you exceptional at your job. This one makes you, you know, relentless because you are not like everybody else. And hearing stories of other people and, you know, sharing my experience. And they're like, well, my doctor wasn't like that. My doctor barely gave me any information. And then it's just not, it's not to bash anybody, right? These are personal testimonies that they share with me. And I'm not here to give out any names, but you know, from my own experience, from what I've learned from you and, you know, what you've given me in a sense of not just a surgeon, but a friend too, like always being there. And that's what I, I feel like your presence, like to your patients, it's like, listen, I'm your doctor. Yes. But know that you can come to me at any time. Like, I want to make this as easy as possible for you because I know at the end of the day, it's going to be difficult. I know that there's going to be changes that arise or maybe a change in your mood or your mindset um, and, and emotionally too, that may come about you're not prepared for, but let's talk about it because, you know, these uh, post surgery um, appointments are just not to look at your incisions. It's like, how are you feeling 
how, how truly are you feeling? And it was like, when you said that, or when you also told me like, it's a blimp in time. And it was like, she's right. Like, this is just a small percentage of my life and it's Mm -hmm. not going to be forever. And so, you know, I just want to let you know, you know, that I appreciate you and I admire you. And I'm so thankful for you because honestly, I would have not one done the surgery if it wasn't for you (laughs) at the end of the day uh, and the words that you shared, but to, you know, using your gift, you know, and, and you're feel like we all have a service here on earth and you serving others in a, in a different way in regards to whether it's giving them their self-confidence back um, or helping them with their self-confidence, improving their self-confidence, improving their worth um, or even their own acceptance. And I think that's just a beautiful testimony to have. And, you know, I, you really truly have changed my whole perspective on cosmetic surgery and uh, being more open to knowing that it's, it's not just, you know, it's not a negative bias. It very much is positive. And there is, you know, people do it regardless of how they decide to, uh, but that's their own personal opinion, but you very much have changed my perspective on it all. And I just, I just want to say thank you. And um, I do, do truly appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I love you. Thank you for everything you said. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Um, but you know, I, I really feel like, um, I feel like I'm, I'm given a gift to do what I do and, um, and not to be cliche, but I really feel like grateful every day that patients trust me. They choose to do something, you know, so serious and so big and so scary with me. Um, and I, I really try to make it as, um, easy and stress-free as possible. And, you know, I also have the perspective, like I have the perspective of having gone through this with so many patients and, you know, I, I see patients up until one year and I see many of my patients for several years because they'll come and get another procedure with me at the one year mark, you know? So like people really do become my friends. I get to know them really well. And I'm lucky because you're going through, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel and you don't know how long these feelings are going to last or this period is going to last. You know, I have the perspective because I've gone through it with all these other people and I see how they are at three weeks and I see how they're at six weeks and at three months, you know, and it's, and it's my job to try to reassure patients and like put it in perspective. And, you know, yeah, I told you, I'm like, this is just a blip in, in time. And I remember my best friend told me this, uh, like with the newborn face for, for me with my son, you know, she's like, it feels long and the days feel long and the hours feel long, but it's truly a blip in time. And it goes by so quickly. It's, um, <clears throat> I feel like there was so many takeaways from the various conversations we had. And, you know, I, I love that, you know, and I'll have you share your social media in just a second. Um, but you're just so informative, whether it's on your stories, whether it's in your reels, and that truly is, you know, another testimony as to how you do care and how you want to make sure that the patient is really thriving at the end of the day and being the best version of themselves. Um, not going backwards, right. Just 
you know, going forward and transforming their life in all different areas and, you know, using that surgery as a way to cultivate, again, self-confidence or, you know, self-acceptance and so on, or, you know, even helping them improve the self-love that they came in with to start. Um, but I, you know, I just have to quickly say that even the whole office setting, everyone is just a delight. Like everyone's just so sweet. And the energy there is just so calming. It's just, and someone that like thrives off other people's energy and, you know, a really like intuition. I walked in, I was like, Oh, this is, this is nice. Like, I just feel like I feel right. Like I'm supposed to be here. Like I'm supposed to be doing this. And then, you know, you walking in and just having this glow and this light, I'm like, okay, like, I know that this is going to go great, but I'm still going to go through with the consultation, obviously to answer any questions, uh, and ask any questions. Um, but it very much is that like, I, and, you know, I hope you continue to use your gifts and I hope that you continue to, um, you know, serve your purpose here on earth. Cause I don't, you know, that you're going to change so many more lives. And, um, you know, for those of us that have impatience, I'm going to talk for everybody here. Um, but I know that you have changed more lives than you could possibly count on your fingers. <laughs> so, um, I, I very much, yeah. like I said, I, I appreciate you and I look forward to, you know, more talks. I look forward to part two of this podcast, um, you know, at yes. the three month mark, really when, you know, excited to talk more about, you know, obviously the full body change and being able to see more of the changes and, um, really just more of like the mindset shift and, um, you know, but mostly like the body composition, right. Uh, cause right now we're still a little swollen at times, but, um, mm -hmm. we're moving along and obviously the body did, is adapting very well. So Aww, thank you so much for having me. I really, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I love, I love your mindset. I love how aware you are, you know, of yourself, of your mind, of your body, and you're such an inspiration to so many people. Um, so thank you so much for having me here and all the nice things you said really, really made me feel great. Well, I'm glad it did. I do have before I have you share your social media and where they can find you. Um, and also your, you know, obviously the office and all the information, and that'll be in the synopsis of this podcast episode as well. You guys I'll have direct links for everything. I always end with a few like questions and they're just quick questions. You don't have to be thorough. Um, but I'm just going to share them with you too, because you very much obviously hit on self-acceptance and self-love. Um, and really cosmetic surgery, that's what it's about too, right? It's not about self-loathing at the end of the day. So, but I do, the very first question I asked has been the very first question I have asked every single episode. And that is, and I always catch everybody off guard here, but what is your favorite quote or saying that you would share? Oh, it is, if not now, when? And it's sort of how I try to like live my life. I don't, I don't put things off. I don't procrastinate. If some of it is just due to anxiety. It's like, if I know I need to do something, I need to do it, but it's something I, I try to live by. And I have it, I have it tattooed on the side of my, uh, like side of my chest in Hebrew. So it's, I always love that line, but it's part of a little bit of a longer verse. And what I have tattooed is, um, if I am, if I am only for myself, what am I? Um, but if I'm not for myself, who will be for me? And if not now, when? 
And so I, I just kind of love, I love all of it. I love every line of it. That's beautiful. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I've heard if not when, but I love that. Yes. Whole entire, oh my God, that is beautiful. Oh, um, and then if you could go back in time at a certain point, what would you tell your younger self? What advice would you give her? Oh, um, I think just, just have faith and, and let it be. And just know like they, like I always tell myself everything works out for a reason and I truly believe it. And I think if you, if you do good, you do good to people, you put out positive energy, you know, like good things will continue to happen to you and those around you. And we can't like force and rush things. And we just need to kind of just do our thing and, and just have faith that everything is going to work out. Absolutely. I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday and one of my best friends. And I'm like, listen, our problem is that we try to have our hands in every single cookie jar. I was like, we just have to let life unfold, let mm -hmm. it unfold and let it be and stop controlling everything. Yes. And fate will have its way. The universe, God, whatever you believe in, but stop trying to control everything because every time you do and trying to gravitate, it's trying to push you toward what it wants you to. You keep pulling away. Just let it be and see how it exactly. works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but if it does, it does. Right. Um, and then last question is what does unstoppable mean to you? Oh, like no limits, you know, like that, whatever you put your heart to, whatever your dream is, you can get there. And I, I think in this world, um, it's very easy to be hard on yourself. It is so easy to compare yourself to other people and to the version of themselves that they, you know, put out there. Um, and I think the, it's great to just like know how far you've come and know that you have so much potential and really that there's no limits. Like no one's going to stop you from being the best you that you can be. I love it so much because everything you see, I'm like, see, this is why, this is why she's, she, I chose her. This is exactly oh. why. And then I just want to close out with what would you, what advice or what would you tell someone right now that's currently uh, contemplating, you know, setting up that consultation? Mm -hmm. Basically what you said, you know, like just do it. It's, you know, it's a, it's a time to explore your options, figure out what the recovery is going to be like, figure out what different surgery options are there for you. You know, you may not even know, you may think like you need something and not know that there were these other options. Um, you know, it allows you to get a, find out about the price so you can plan for it. And some patients come in and they are ready. They're like, when's your next available? And for other patients, they know they're not ready, like even that year. And they just, they want the information so that they can plan. And Last but not least, where can they find you? Give us your Instagram. Give us all that information. Yeah. I, again, it'll be in the description below. Yeah, thank you. My Instagram is my name, Dr. Whitney Florin, D-R-W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, Florin. Um, you know, if you just Google me, it will take you to my website, to my Yelp page. I have a lot of great Google reviews and Yelp reviews. But Instagram, I manage myself, like all the posts I do myself. 
if you message me, you're messaging me, nobody else, I will reply to you. Um, and you can also email me through Instagram. So if you prefer to just send an email, you know, it goes to my work email and, and we can chat there. And if you don't have Instagram, just Google me um, and it will take you, you know, to my website and we have like a contact us form and our phone number and all that usual stuff. Awesome. Well, listen, you guys, I'm going to have all that direct information below. I'll have her website as well. Um, you know, take a moment if you're contemplating, if you're in Southern California, or if you're Northern California, or if you decide to fly in, which I highly recommend as well, um, you know, set up a consultation with her, give her a call. And like I said, everyone is very, very kind and hospitable there. Um, and, you know, even when you make a phone call, everyone's just so helpful. Um, and so I am so grateful again for you, for you taking time out of your day, you know, time is our most precious capital. So I know that you very much are busy changing lives. And so I thank you for taking time to record this podcast, um, and just for sharing, um, you know, everything that you had on your heart, but also the post-operative and just being so open and transparent as a surgeon. Um, and I, you know, I only think that this is going to, you know, be a, a, bring not, well, I, my hope is to bring you more patience, right? Uh, cause at the end of the day, it really, um, the more open and transparent and authentic you are, like you said, um, it brings out that positive light and people gravitate towards you. And so they, they could see the authenticity. They can see, you know, the, you embracing your real and you embracing what you do and knowing that you truly do it from the purity of your heart and just wanting to help others. And so I thank you. Um, and I hope you guys got so much out of this podcast as much as I did. Um, and it's always just an honor and a privilege to speak to you. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you for sharing um, your journey too. I appreciate you. Of course. All right, you guys, thank you for tuning in. And I cannot wait for you guys, for your feedback and see what you guys thought and what takeaways you had. So we look forward to hearing from all of you, but I'm going to jump off of here and talk to doctor for just a few more minutes and we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. And before I let you guys go, reminding you that the self-love effect does have a free community, unstoppable athletics, self-love effect, which the link again can be found in the description of this podcast episode. It is free for everyone. And I am currently once again, taking on one-on-one -on -one clients through the first form app where I will guide you through mindset, fitness, and nutrition. All you have to do is download the first form app through your Apple or Android store or the link below in the description of this podcast episode. Add me as your advisor, Desiree at selfloveeffect.com. And once you do, send me a message that you are ready to get started. And I'll go ahead and set up your one-on-one -on -one call and get to learn about you. And we'll get started. So I look forward to helping you grow and helping you transform your life and being there to encourage you every step of the way to be the best version of you. Now, we also have health and wellness supplements. The direct link can be found below as well. But if you guys have any questions at all, please let me know. These products in particular have helped me in my own personal journey. This is why I share them. This is why I am so transparent when it comes to sharing them and having the code linked because I have tried everything in my own fitness and nutrition journey. And these supplements were the game changer for me personally and are part of the reason for why I have the results I have today. 
So if you guys have any questions, please don't hesitate to message me. And again, you can also email me at DesireeAtSelfLoveEffect.com. Next, we have Born Primitive. You can find the link below. That saves you 10% at checkout. They are veteran owned and they have both everyday athletic wear or for your workouts. Again, that's Born Primitive. Next, we have Wad and Done. Save your hands. Stop tearing, making pull-ups, muscle-ups, toes-to-bar fun, and they don't make you hesitate. I mean, I have not torn in three years, and that's me personally, but my experience with Wad and Done has been phenomenal. Head on over to Wad and Done. Give them a follow on Instagram, Wad and Done, and save at checkout using Treasures 10. Next, we have Maven Threads. Get your hand, get yourself some everyday headband wear or for workouts, saving with code SELFLOVEEFFECT15 at Maven Threads. Last but not least, we have the Self Love Effect shop where you can find Self Love Effect apparel. And we will have Unstoppable Athletic Self Love Effect apparel coming soon. But you can also save at checkout using code SELFLOVEEFFECT. Now, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And I hope you took away as much information from this episode as I did and know that you can do hard things and that you are unstoppable.